Hello and welcome to the Fertility and Femtech podcast, brought to you by Zonas, where we aim to educate you on all taboo topics in women's health. You can learn more on our YouTube channel or at yourzonas.com. Hi everyone, I am Dr. Ravina from Zonas, NHS Women's Health Doctor, and I'd like to welcome you to this dedicated channel for women's health. Today we will be completing the three-part series on PCOS, on long-term consequences of having PCOS and how we can deal with it. Now, if there's anything else you'd like me to cover specifically um, on this topic, I am very happy to do more videos to answer your questions. So please comment down below or private message me on Instagram at dr.ravina. Um, you can also follow us at Zonas Fertility also on Instagram. We also have a podcast where we convert these videos into audio files so you can listen to it on the go if you're commuting. And that is at Fertility and Femtech. Uh, by Zonas and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, let's dive into the next video. Long-term consequences of PCOS. Now we've spoken a lot about what polycystic ovaries is, the symptoms you can have, how to treat it. But when we're thinking about this, we need to think about how to manage your symptoms, but also how to give you the best advice on how to have a healthy life because PCOS isn't something that just goes away. It is something you have to live with and we have to live with those consequences um, that come with it. So one of the things that I have mentioned in previous videos is that PCOS increases your risk of type two diabetes. And the reason why it does that is because it increases your insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is not ideal. We want our insulin not to be resistant. We want our insulin to be responsive. So if we eat a chocolate cake, we want insulin to kick in and process that cake and store it so that our blood glucose levels stay level and don't rocket and go sky high uh, because that's when long-term complications can occur of diabetes, which can affect your eyes, your kidneys, your nerves and your fingers and your toes, your heart. Diabetes can literally just affect your whole body. So we need to tackle this from the beginning. If you know you have this condition, do not be afraid. I don't want you to be scared of the complications that I'm going to talk to you about. I want you to really appreciate what can happen and how you can prevent these things from happening because prevention is better than cure. So diabetes is really important. And another thing that can increase um, can increase as a result of PCOS is obesity. And obesity and diabetes are very closely linked. If you're obese, you're at a higher risk of developing diabetes. And so we can actually tackle these things together. So obesity um, in PCOS affects 50% of, of patients with it. And in terms of slimmer people, so if you're thinking, I'm not really that big, but I still have PCOS, is this relevant for me? It is, and I'm gonna tell you why. So the statistic is 15% of slim people will also have insulin resistance. So if you're thinking, you know what? I'm not fat, I've got a good figure, but I'm just suffering with this problem and I don't really need to think about diabetes or obesity. Well, even if you aren't overweight or obese, the risk of the insulin becoming less effective is still higher for you than it is for someone else, for a general person in the population. So we need to think about how to maintain a really healthy diet. 
So Mediterranean diet, which I have spoken about lots of times, good amount of um, vegetables in your diet with all the nutrients and vitamins that you need, um, a meat, so if you're a vegetarian, you don't eat meat, you can have a meat substitute, but just make sure you're getting the protein in. Um, fish specifically is meant to be very good um, and that's proven to help with um, losing weight. Also reducing your alcohol, reducing your smoking um, and also exercising very frequently. That can help with the obesity and also re reduce your cardiovascular risk. Cardiovascular relates to heart conditions like heart attacks, strokes. So that's the lifestyle side of things to help with reducing your risk of type 2 diabetes and also reducing your risk of obesity. So the next thing that I'd like to mention is your increased risk of reduced fertility. Now, fertility is a really sensitive topic and you might have best friends that are going through fertility issues that will never open up about it. And I think there perhaps isn't a space to always talk about fertility issues. Um, and I think that we can produce a community where it is possible to talk about fertility, it is possible to talk about treatments you've had for fertility, um, even IVF if you had to have in vitro fertilization to get a baby. It's something that it affects many couples. Um, in fact, one in seven couples will suffer with reduced fertility. And that can be for a variety of different reasons. And it's not just the woman that may have the issue, it may also be men because they produce sperm and there can be issues with sperm that causes fertility issues. We do know that PCOS is a common cause for reduced fertility, also known as subfertility. So if you are thinking about having children in the future and you have polycystic ovarian syndrome and you're thinking, how is this going to affect me and what can I do to mitigate the circumstances of not falling pregnant? What can I do to prevent it? Well, the first is you need to start thinking about it. So perhaps you're not ready to have children yet, but we know that as age increases, your risk of, your, your chances of falling pregnant get less. Your fertility decreases. So a good plan is to st start trying for children earlier because it may just take you a bit longer. If you're not having regular periods, then you're not ovulating regularly. So it, it's quite hard for you to predict your fertile window, your ovulation period. Um, so it means that you just, can't get pregnant as easily. As I've described in other video, in the previous video, we can give you medication to help increase your ovulation if you aren't producing, um, if you aren't having regular periods. So we can regulate your cycles with letrozole or uh, clomiphene, and that helps to regulate the cycles. Another thing we can do is um, look at stimulating the ovaries in different ways. We can also think about IVF if we need to, but we do need time to do this. And before you get referred for fertility treatments, you need to have one year of regular, so regular being having sexual intercourse at least three times a week, um, unprotected sexual intercourse. So you can't be using any contraception, any condoms. Um, it may sound obvious, but some people are on contraception, but also trying to become pregnant. It just doesn't work because they they do opposite things. Um, so, so there are things that we can do for subfertility, but my main advice to you would be one, start thinking about it early so you can plan. And two, um, 
try and regulate your periods as much as you can before you start trying for a baby. So if you know, okay, perhaps I wanna build a family in the next two years, then try and regulate your periods before that. And you can talk to your doctor about this um, because they may advise you to come off contraception a bit earlier to see what your periods are doing, see how often you're ovulating, and that can give a great idea about how easy it will be for you to get pregnant. So the last long-term consequence of PCOS that I wanted to mention was something that can be a bit scary to talk about um, and actually isn't very common at all in women who are still having periods, but it's something just to mention, and that is endometrial cancer. So this is a cancer that's quite common in postmenopausal women, so people after the age of 50, after they finish their periods. But the reason why I want to mention it in polycystic ovarian syndrome is because Women who have this don't ovulate often, which means they don't have regular periods, which means the lining of their womb is likely to become thicker. And that means they are at increased risk of having a thicker lining, which can develop into endometrial cancer. So uterine cancer or cancer of the womb. That's why we like to encourage women to have at least uh, one period every three to four months. So it may mean you only have three periods in the year, but we just like to make sure that we're allowing the womb to be emptied of its contents. So the, men the menstruation occurs so that the lining breaks down, everything comes out and we are then protecting the lining of the womb. If we are worried about this, we will um, get a transvaginal ultrasound for you so we can measure the thickness of the womb. And if it's more than, I think it's seven millimeters, then we'll be thinking about perhaps referring you or doing a sample of the tissue in your womb. But as I said, I don't want many, I don't want you to get worried about this because it's super rare. And um, most of you will have maybe two or three periods throughout the year. So please do talk to your doctor if you are worried about this. Okay, so we've covered um, a few of the things for you to take into consideration if you have PCOS. And we've also covered um, some of the things you can do if you have it. Now, if there's anything else that you're worried about, please feel free to private message me on Instagram at dr.ravina or put them in the comments below and press subscribe so that you can be on top of the next videos. Okay. Until next time, take care. Bye.